Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in 2 John and there's only one chapter. So we're going to read a whole book in one day. And so really it's a very short letter that he's writing to this individual or also some people can think it's also he's writing to a specific church. But before uh, we go into that, any of this, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for today and for all that you've done. I just lift up this opportunity and this chance to learn more about you, to hear your voice through your word as we read. I just pray, Holy Spirit, for you to guide us, for you to talk to us and help us understand what it means to be your children and to love you and love others. I just thank you for this opportunity to read your word, and I pray you'd bless it. May our hearts, our minds, and our souls be prepared to receive your message. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, John, or Second John, <clears throat> is a continuance of, or talks about again, the truth and false teachers and also love. And really, ultimately, at the end of the day, God is once again telling us that we need to walk in love. He even tells us exactly what love is, that we walk in obedience to his commands. So when we're going through this and we're reading this this chapter or this book, it's important for us to be open. At least it's important for me to be open. I'm not going to tell you guys what to do. But I have to be open to it because, again, I've told you many times the reason I've chosen to the the focus to be love God with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as yourself is because I find it very hard to to do that. Um, Quite candidly, over the years, I've lost the I feel like in some ways I've lost the ability to love. And so especially neighbors and people I don't care for. I've talked about that before. It's not a great revelation to anybody. But I struggle with it at times because I, I can also be hypercritical. And that not only applies to other people, but to myself also. So just knowing that God would die for me, I sit there and think, what a waste. Um, but at the same time, I'm extremely grateful. Um, so since it's such a short book, it's only 13 verses, um, but I think it's a very powerful book. I'm just going to read uh, the introduction from... A.W. Tozer to give you a little bit of understanding and insights before we actually get into the book. And also the other thing that I find interesting is this is the only book I found that Charles Spurgeon doesn't have any writings on. He doesn't even have anything in at all regarding second John. So he may have preached about it and just didn't record it. But, you know, we have a we have hundreds of his sermons and there's not one on second John. So anyways, A.W. Tozer talks about, he says in the background, like, sorry, like 1 John, 2 John deals with the issue of false teachers. Having departed from the community, these teachers now seek hospitality from the audience of 2 John. The author of 2 and 3 John refers to himself only as the elder. The second century Christian writers, um, Arrhenius and Clement of Alexandria, believed that the apostle John wrote these letters. Second John is addressed to the lady chosen by God and to her children. 
which could be literal, a metaphorical, or metaphorical. One can similarly understand the reference to the children of your sister who is chosen of God, verse 13, either as the nieces and nephews of the woman or the members of another church. Um, When you look at some of the some of the commentaries from the past, they actually say that it might have been Martha that he's writing to or some other woman who had been um, with Jesus in the past who was following with his disciples. Tozer goes on to write about the message. In this brief letter, John models and encourages the love Christians are to have for one another. He also demonstrates a great concern for knowing the truth and shows the intimate relationship between truth and love. While Christians are called to love one another, John advises believers to avoid giving hospitality or support to those who do not teach the truth, Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. The loving thing is to deny these teachers' support, showing that they advocate a false gospel. Paul makes a similar point about the immoral behavior of professed Christians in 1 Corinthians 5, verses 9-13. through 13. This letter was probably contemporaneous with, or slightly later than, 1 John, originating from Ephesus around 90 AD. The one commentary that he has about this is he says, and it's in his, his book, The Attributes of God, and he has it as a challenge. He states, if you're out of the grace of God, do you know where the grace is? Turn your eyes upon Jesus and there's the grace of God flowing free to you. All the grace you need. If you set your teeth against him, the grace of God might as well not exist for you. And Christ might as well not have died. But if you yield to him and come home, then all the overwhelming and comprehensible plentitude of goodness and kindness in the great illuminable reaches of God's nature are on your side. Even justice is on the side of the returning sinner. He is faithful and just and will forgive Forgive us our sins, 1 John 1, 9. All the infinite attributes of God rejoice together when a man believes in the grace of God and returns home. So with that preparation, let's go ahead and, and read 2 John. It starts in verse 1. The elder, to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. So we can only really achieve grace, mercy, and peace if we understand the Father's truth and his love. Verse 4. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have heard that one that we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, the command is that you walk in love. Now in 1 John we read that God is love, we're made in God's image, therefore we also are love. We're to walk in God's image, we're to walk in God's truth, we're to walk in God's love. And from that, grace, mercy and peace 
will also flow. I say this because many deceivers, verse 7, do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. I'm sorry. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. We heard that also in previous, in John 1 or 1 John, talking about there's false prophets out there, antichrist out there, and we have to challenge their statements against what we know is true through the word. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in, the wick, in their wicked work. I have much to write you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister who is chosen by God sends their greetings. So it's a very short letter and it follows in previous themes that we've read, which are there's lots of people out there speaking falsehoods. They're denying Christ and who he is and that we're not to support them or look out for them but that we're supposed to be on the lookout for them and protect ourselves from their false message. Also, we're to love one another. We are to love others and to walk in love. And what is that? That's obedience to God's word. Again, loving others is something that can be a challenge for me. I do feel God tugging at my heartstrings a lot. I do feel a lessening or a lightening up of my criticisms, my critical nature, but there's a long ways to go for me because again, I am not that naturally gifted, loving person who looks beyond the issues and looks instead at the, at the heart of people. Instead, I look at actions and I make assumptions. And for that, I always pray for forgiveness, but I feel like God is teaching me, walking me through, and helping me to become the person he wants me to be. And I pray the same for you. And with that, let's go to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for coming and being a physical man on this earth, for really bringing love to this world and demonstrating what it means to love, to be pure And thank you for, as a result, your grace and your mercies. And I thank you that the Father sees me as a reflection of you when I am so far from that. So, Lord, I just pray as we move about our day today that you would be honored and glorified by what we do. But most of all, I pray that we would love you with our whole heart, our whole being, and that we would love others as we love ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.